You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. expected Jesus to exempt them from condemnation because of their religious standing. They wanted to be exempt because of their religious standing. Think about it. We're religious guys. We're the ones that lead Israel in religion. We should be exempt because we know the truth. How ridiculous. They were banking on their status as religious guys. They had flowery robes. They had tassels at the bottom of their robe. They were cool. They had hats that were neat. Wore phylacteries on their arm. Showed you how many prayers they had. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching through the Gospel of John, he'll be exhorting you to repent of any religious hypocrisy. During Jesus' earthly ministry, some of the only people Jesus grew angry with were the religious leaders that didn't practice what they were preaching. They seemed alive, but they were really dead inside. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 9 as he continues his message, Believing is Seeing. You are They're completely blinded to what's going on. The Savior of the world is standing in front of them declaring who He is. The Savior of the world has done miracle after miracle and they can't see Him because they're spiritually blind. They think they know everything, but they truly don't. They're so blinded to the truth, they don't care about the truth. They can't see beyond their traditions. They can't see beyond their man-made laws. They're blind. They think they know the truth, but they're blinded from it. And it's a sad note here, because the Pharisees, if they have understood anything, if they really truly wanted to understand who Jesus was, the Lord would have opened up their heart, and they would have understood who he was. But they didn't want to. They preferred darkness rather than light. And in John 3, verse 19, it says, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. These guys were so entrenched in darkness that they liked the darkness. They didn't want the light. They didn't care if they, whether they were in darkness. Their pride, their prejudices were too strong for them. So they rejected the one true light that had come into the world. They rejected the light of the world. They rejected it. Last week, as we studied the man who was born blind, we follow a progression of faith that led him into believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He called him Lord. He acted on a simple command. Jesus said, go and wash. That was the command. There was no promise attached. There was nothing else. Go and wash. The man, by faith, stepped out. He went to the pool. He washed, and he received he heard the word, he believed, he obeyed, and he experienced the grace of God. A beautiful, beautiful picture here. Jesus reveals himself to the man. His faith is built upon Jesus' continual revealing himself. And this revelation brought the man to the highest pinnacle of his life. And you may think that the highest pinnacle of his life was receiving his spiritual or his physical eyes. The highest pinnacle of his life was knowing that he was going to the kingdom of God, was knowing that Jesus was now in his heart. That was the highest pinnacle of his life. 
Because you could be blind and be healed of your blindness, but if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're still going to die. You could be healed of any disease you want to be healed of, but if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will die. But if you have Christ as your Savior, you will never die. That's the revelation that this man, um, Jesus not only his spiritual eyes, but he opened up his heart. And as for the Pharisees, they remained in their unbelief. Listen to what one commentator said. Quote, the belief of the Pharisees began with the misunderstanding of the law and the person of Jesus. The law was for them a tradition to be kept, a dead letter, not a living voice. Unquote. And because of this, because this, this was just a dead letter to them, they adopted an attitude of superiority. I'm better than you because I know the truth and you don't. So that makes me better than you. And I'm not going to share it with you. I'm going to keep it to myself. But I know what it is. And you're supposed to be more like me. So I have this superior attitude. But I'm blinded by my own preconceived opinions. I'm blinded by my ignorance of the truth. And what is ignorance? Without knowledge. They had no knowledge of the truth. Sometimes we get caught up in our own opinions. Sometimes we get caught up in our own opinions. We lose sight of the truth. Sometimes we are blinded completely because we think we're right and we lose sight of the truth. And then we believe what we believe is the truth even though it's a lie, and sometimes we know it's a lie, and we still believe it. I mean, back in verse 29, the Pharisees declared that we don't know where this guy is born. Where's this guy come from? Jesus told them time and time and time again, I came from the Father. The Father sent me. I'm going back to the Father. He told them. But because of their prejudicial eyes, all they saw was a man from Nazareth. Remember what they said? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Oh, has a prophet ever come from Galilee? Oh. And when that didn't work, they attacked his heritage. You're legitimate. Your mother was a fornicator. That's what they said. These prejudicial statements, these hateful actions, drove the very man who could lead them into the light away. They drove Jesus away. In verse 39, Jesus is coming at them, and he says this. For judgment I have come into the world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. You might call this a parable between the unbelievers and the believers, but what I call it is a very, very brief sermon that Jesus gave on spiritual blindness. It may be a brief sermon. It might be his shortest sermon, only a couple verses, but it is probably one of the most powerful sermons and it packs a wallop. Now, before any of you scholars walk out and call me a heretic, I want to say something. Verse 39 does not contradict John 3, 16 and 17. Let's make one thing clear. The very reason that Jesus came into the earth was to reconcile man back to God. He came to be the redeemer of mankind. He was the spotless lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He came to earth to be crucified on a cross for you and me and the entire world. That's the reason. He came to give us salvation. But the result of his coming was condemnation for those who would not believe. One commentator said this. 
Quote, the same sun that brings beauty out of the seeds also exposes the vermin hiding under the rocks. These religious leaders were so spiritually blind, they just wouldn't admit it. And all because they would not admit it, that the light had come into the world, they became more and more blind. They couldn't see anything. They couldn't see the forest for the trees. They couldn't see their hand in front of their face. The difference between the blind man and the Pharisees is simple. It's quite evident. The blind man admitted he was needful. And he received both physical hearing, healing, and physical sight, and spiritual sight. The Pharisees, well, Pharisees represent that old saying, there is none so blind as those who would not see. They just refuse to see it. They just absolutely refuse to see it. But I see here now, is I see a group of men who knew the Scriptures, who studied the Scriptures, who were religious, who held to the law the best they can, but I see a group of men who were totally unteachable. Couldn't tell them nothing. Couldn't tell them a thing because they knew it all. Did you ever know a know-it-all? They know everything. Ask them. They'll tell you. They know everything. These Pharisees knew everything. You couldn't tell them anything. There was no truth that they didn't know. They were ignorant to the truth. Jesus said, I come to truth to set you free. But they were so bound up in their truth that they wouldn't listen to anybody else's truth. They were bound up in their traditions, their prejudices, their pride. They couldn't see the truth, didn't want the truth. If the truth had been a snake, it would have bit them. So Jesus says, for judgment I've come into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. The Pharisees then, they want to ask Jesus this question, but it's a rhetorical question because I think they know the answer. Look at 40. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind too? Are we blind also? Are we blind too? This shows that they actually expected Jesus to exempt them from condemnation because of their religious standing. They wanted to be exempt because of their religious standing. Think about it. Or religious guys. We're the ones that lead Israel in religion. We should be exempt because we know the truth. How ridiculous. They were banking on their status as religious guys. They had flowery robes. They had tassels at the bottom of their robe. They were cool. They had hats that were neat. Wore phylacteries on their arm. It showed you how many prayers they had. A phylactery is a box that they put on their arm, that they wore on their arm, and in it had prayers. And when they showed people how they were, they had it there, and people would go, ooh, you're a holy man, you have a phylacteries. And then they decided their arm wasn't good enough, they put it in the middle of their forehead. They walk around with these flacteries on their head like this, and people go, whoa, there's a holy man. They want you to think of them how holy they were. Before you come down real hard about these guys, before we tear them apart, let's take the mirror and look at ourselves. Oh, how we justify and rationalize our standing with God. I went to church. Yeah, I went to church. I was baptized. I went to catechism. I was confirmed. I was the president of my youth group. That's got to count for something, right? Come on. Or we say, I'm a good person. I'm not like that guy. I'm a good person. Come on. Oh, how we love to justify ourselves before God. We love to do that. We think it's great. 
My sins aren't as bad. Truth be told, when you say things like that, when you act like that, you're as blind as the Pharisees. You're as blind as they are. Pride, self-righteousness, traditions, and then a false interpretation of God's word made them totally blind without sight. Are we blind also, Jesus? Jesus, well, Jesus might as well take it up a Louisville slugger and smack them in the head with it. Because he deals this devastating blow to them. A devastating blow. Let's read 41. And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remains. What a paradox. What a, what a strange thing he's saying here. Jesus is standing there. He's looking at him and said, they said, are we blind, Jesus? Are we blind? He said, well, if you were blind, that, that is, if you could not see, and if you were aware of your darkness, and if you were anxious to get rid of it, then you wouldn't have any sin. In other words, Jesus has said, if you were that way, we can do something about it. But you don't think you're that way. You don't think you're that way. You don't think you sin. You don't think. They claim that they were perfectly good. Perfect in every way. Perfect in every way. You know what just came to me? Why? Did, why? They thought they were so perfect. They thought that they were so holy. Jesus said to the men, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you can't come in. They thought they were righteous. They declared by their words and their actions that they were satisfied with their condition. We're happy the way they are. Have you ever talked to somebody who's happy in the way they are? Who loves everything? They're happy. They don't want to change. If they were really blind and they admitted it, their confession would lead to salvation. But because they could not look at themselves as failures, because they could not look at themselves as sinners, they would remain in their sin. And that's the hard part, isn't it? Taking the mirror and looking at yourself and going, wow, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Yeah, I'm a sinner. That's the hard part. People want, don't want to be told they're sinners. People want to tell how wonderful they are. People want to be told how good they're doing. Let's all grab hands and sing Kumbaya. People want to be told how wonderful everything is. People don't want to be told that there's going to be persecution. People don't want to be talked about hell. Oh, I said it. People don't want to say sin. They don't want to hear about those things. That's what happens when they hear about those things. They cry. They get upset. They cry out. They don't know what they're going to do. What do you mean I'm a sinner? What do you mean I'm going to hell? God can't send me to hell. No, you'll send yourself. They were blind. If they didn't know what they were doing, their blindness would be excused. See, that's what I'm getting at. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Some of us play church. Some of us know what we're doing. Some of us come in and you pull the wool over everybody else's eyes, but you're not pulling the wool over God's eyes. Some of us play church and you think you got it made. You know how to say it. Amen, brother. Yeah. Sister, how you doing? Yeah, I'll pray for you. Yeah. You got all the words. You know the Christianese. You know what to say. Some of us pull the wool right over everybody's eyes, but not over God's eyes. Good God sees everything and he sees your heart. He knows exactly what's in it right now. He knows that that verse right there, that what I just said struck a chord in some of your hearts. and went, ooh. No. They had to recognize their blindness. There could have been something done about it, but they didn't think they were blind. 
They knew what was going on right before their eyes. Jesus does this miracle. This man who never saw sees for the first time. How can you deny that? How do you deny that that actually happened? No. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. And only people who cannot see the light are blind people and those who refuse to look because they make themselves blind. If you refuse to look, you make yourself blind. The man born blind was physically blind and spiritually blind, but yet both his eyes and his heart were opened by Jesus Christ. He listened to the word. He believed the word. He obeyed the word, and the grace of God poured over him, and he was accepted into the kingdom. He became born again. The Pharisees, they had good vision, but they were spiritually blind. If they listened to the word, if they really listened to the word and seriously considered the evidence of what happened, they too would have believed, and I believe they would have been born again. As I said, I believe I once was a Pharisee, being raised in a denomination. I went through the entire works of the denomination. I believe I was a Pharisee. Like I said, baptized, confirmation. I was even an acolyte. They gave me fire. They gave me a long, long robe and a, and a thing that had fire on the end of it. And I got to walk out. I got to light the candles before the service, walk back. At the end of the service, I'd go out and put the candles out. That was cool, man. That was bad. That was cool. I thought I had it made. I thought that, that, that's what you did. That made me a Christian. I thought that that was what it was all about. I did my thing. I, did, I was a Pharisee. I didn't know the truth. You know, quite frankly, I didn't want to know the truth. Because the truth didn't fit in me. Truth wasn't me. It wasn't until I was blinded and couldn't see that Jesus came and rescued me. He took the scales from my eyes and I saw clearly his love. It was demonstrated. And then the craziest thing happened. When I finally could see, the only thing I could see before my eyes was a cross. The only thing I could see was a cross. And that drew me to him. That drew me to him. You know, in this passage, the entire passage that we just studied for several weeks now, Jesus points out that those who will easily admit their blindness can be healed. But those who presume to have some superior knowledge and are obstinate to their blindness are going to grow cold. They're going to grow cold. The harder you resist, the more colder you will grow. The blind man saw everything because he knew he was blind and he used the means that Jesus told him, go and wash. The Pharisees were stone blind to the world that Jesus opened to them because they thought they already knew everything and couldn't be taught. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Christ offers today sight. He offers you sight, spiritual sight. He wants to fill your empty eyes with that have no vision. He wants to give sight to those who cannot see. And I think it's twofold, as I said at the beginning. It's twofold. Number one, there may be people in here who have never given their life to Jesus Christ, and they are spiritually blind, and they remain in their sin. They neither recognize their blindness, admit their blindness to Jesus, confess their sin, and be born again into a living hope. And then the spiritual eyes were opened. But the second group is the ones that scare me. 
They're the ones that really frighten me. Not in the boo-boo scare, but frighten my heart. They're the ones, and I believe some of you are here, who have been born again, who had a relationship with Jesus Christ, but somehow the world has come in and just ripped you apart and taken you hostage, and the scales have now reformed over your eyes. And you are once again spiritually blind because the world, the flesh, the devil have taken you captive. And you are spiritually blind. And I believe there's people sitting here like that today. And that, to me, is a more dangerous place than one who was born blind. It's a more dangerous place because you knew, and you know, you're like a Pharisee. You know the truth, but you don't care. You're spiritually blind. Don't sit in your chairs today and tell God that you already have sight and there's nothing left to see. I got all the sight I need, Lord. I don't have to see anything else. Don't do that. Reveal how blind you are. Reveal that you are blind. Cry out to God, who is the healer of those who are blind, who wants to take the scales off your eyes and give you spiritual sight. You may have been saved for years and years, but you cannot allow your heart to be softened to the truth. Allow it to be softened. Allow it to be pliable. Be teachable. Learn what is being thrown out there. Don't say, I know that. I know that. I know that. I'm born again and you can't move me. God bless you. Receive the truth as it's coming forward today. Notice what happens in your life when you begin to see Jesus for who he really is. Verse 38. Then he, the blind man, said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. He worshipped him. And ladies and gentlemen, worship is so much more than what we do before the word. It's so much more than what we gather together and do. Worship is a state of living. I walk, breathe, and live in a state of worship to my Lord. It is a state of who I am. I am worshiping the life giver, the one who has given me sight, and I'm worshiping him. But in this context, the word worship means that he fell prostrate on the floor, spread out before Christ, prostrate, laying down, face down, and worshiped him. He humbled himself, fell at the seat of the only one, fell at the feet of the only one that was worthy, and worshiped him. He didn't start arguing with Jesus about, well, no, now wait a minute, that's not the way I see this scripture. You know, and I believe what I see is right. Jesus, you have it all wrong. It's not your goodness that's going to get you anywhere. This man got on his hands and knees and worshiped. I'm not asking you to get on your hands and knees today, but I am asking you to join this man, to join this man who was once physically blind, but now he sees, and he sees spiritual things. That's what I'm asking you to do. Join him in true worship of the Lord. You are our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.